God already knows you're angry at him. So you need to let it out. Like he already knows, but he wants to hear that because you can't process through that anger and allow him to speak into it without first letting him know where you're at. It's one of the gifts of knowing him. It's a relationship with him. It's Kate. And JJ. And this is the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hello to our YouTube family. You want a wife? Want a peace sign? Like, what's up, guys? We've been loving our YouTube fam. You you guys should be watching on YouTube. I'm just saying. We're missing out on all sorts of weird interactions between JJ and I. That's a great sell, honey. Like me picking your nose right now. Okay, yeah. that That's a first, actually. <laughs> I'm sure people want to see that, don't you think? I think so. That was a great YouTube pitch, what babe. About- okay, what will you do? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Thank you. No, great. That was a great sell on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> well, we are so excited. Today's episode is is with somebody who's been in our community for the last four years and we just adore her. And she's been to multiple conferences. She's been through school of dating and just, we've gotten to know her. And, um, I think it's, it's just so fun to have people on that are like you guys and are you guys who are listening to this podcast. And so, so excited to have Sarah on talking about her journey of being a quote older single. Okay. We don't label anybody as that, but, um, just that's her experience and what she would say. Yeah. I relate to being an older single and even navigating through fertility and thinking about the dreams of wanting to be a mom and what does that look like? Is that going to be able to be possible? Um, and so many things. And so I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode with Sarah. Yes. Before we jump into the episode, what? shout out to our patrons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep the lights on. Patreon family, where it's at. We got so many new people, which is so fun because we can keep doing these fun events and podcasting and Q&As. And we had an awesome Valentine's event. That, and we just had so many fun people, some great live date, blind dates. Do you think they will get married? I don't know, honey. Actually, though, I will say we had a few years ago, we did a blind date event and we had a couple or two get married from that. And while we were promoting the Patreon event, they, the couple DM me and I was like, I remember you setting you guys up. Like they got married from that blind date event. Wow. So, so you you can actually be a matchmaker. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I would love to do that. That'd be fun. <laughs> I know it was. And, you know, we got tons of people meeting in our Facebook group too and tons of testimonials from that. I know. It's like every single week now, I feel like we get a a marriage testimonial. So, Well, when there's 15,000 singles in a group, things like that are bound to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know they do. <laughs> One last thing before we introduce Sarah is we have tons of free resources on heartofdating.com. And today I want to highlight our prayers freebie. It's a free guide to pray for all different things in different areas of singleness. So uh, if you go to heartofdating.com forward slash resource forward slash prayers, you can get that freebie and you can see all the other freebies we have because we have a bunch on there. All right. Without further ado, here's our episode with Sarah. We have Sarah Dickman on. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much. Such an honor to be here. 
Um, uh, oh, we're just so happy to have you. <laughs> yeah, this felt to me. Um, I turned 39 in the beginning of January and yeah. walking through the process of getting older in my single years. And this mm. just was such an honor to be asked to be on this podcast. It felt like God said, I see you. I'm going to use your older single age from for my glory. It's not a mistake. You are where you are. So oh, thank amen. you both so much. Uh, so, and how long have you been listening to Heart of Dating? Uh, since August of 2020. Okay, oh my a couple gosh, years now. Yes. So crazy. Before JJ JJ was on it? Over, oh. <laughs> around. <laughs> if you had told me then, hey, you're gonna be on this podcast, I'd be like, You're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that was before you were ever in the picture, honey. I didn't even know you then. I know you've been around hard of dating longer than I have, Sarah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I actually got to participate in drop the hanky. I've been to oh all gosh. three in person conferences. Yes. Yeah, the Singles Academy School of Dating. I'm a fan. Oh, yeah. The whole gauntlet. The the gauntlet. Yeah, you really are. No, but, and we really got to know you a little bit better in School of Dating um, coming up on a year now since the class you were in. And immediately, like, we always, we love every student, but you were definitely a standout student to us. Um, A, for how seriously you took the work, how much you showed up, and just like, yeah, we were like, oh, she is a solid woman of God. Like, this is an amazing, amazing woman. And like, we, we've we had so many students now, like, I think almost like 300 students in the past few years. But there's some people who just really stand out to us. And you definitely were one of those people. Thank you so much. <laughs> so recently, actually, Sarah, you were at HODC Nash. And for those of you guys that don't, you've never been to a conference, first of all, you're missing out. It's like so much fun. But uh, the last three in-person conferences, we have done a series called the 5x7 or 4x7, which is where we have selected a few people from our community to come and speak for seven minutes on something that's heavy and passionate on their heart. We usually have a theme. This last conference, we did blank and ignited for God. And Sarah, you were the first speaker to go in 4x7. Your talk was dependent and ignited for God. And I just four by seven is always my favorite part of conference, I would say, but I was, I was really moved by your four by seven. And today I want to touch on just like some of the things that you shared in there, plus just more of your story. Um, and, and I want to commend you and also the people who have never heard that talk. They're going to be like, dang it. I want to hear that. I'm like, yeah, well, maybe you have to come to conference next time (laughs) so you can hear it. Um, but it was so good. And like you just said, you celebrated your 39th birthday earlier in January. And so happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So at this point in your life, would you say, I hate this term, but like you're an older single, would that resonate with you at all? (laughs) Absolutely. It was, I will say I went walking (laughs) with a friend this week. He's almost 60 and he's like, you're not an older single. And I was like, it's all relative, but yeah, I would say, especially I live in, so I live in Florida, South Florida, South Bible Belt. I'm definitely in the older single um, range as people tend to get married a lot younger in the South of the United States. Yeah, so a hundred percent. And that's not a, like a label I want to put on you by any means. It's just that we, I, I feel like our audience, 
They're like, no, I'm I'm this age. I'm an older single. Like they they categorize themselves as that. The average age though of singles is getting older and older. So you're really not past a little bit farther of the average age. But <laughs> if it makes you feel better, if it makes you feel any better, anyway. Wait, wait, wait. How does it? How do you feel when you hear like young adult or twenties and thirties? Do you feel excluded from that? Yes and no. So yes, as far as most like young adult, I don't feel like a young adult anymore. Twenties and thirties, I just have kind of been a part of those groups. I'm also still in my thirties. So quote unquote, I fit in those groups still, but I also have decided to start my own groups. Um, you know, because I'm like, all right, if this is missing for me and I want a community that is thirties and forties singles, cause I've been to those groups before. And usually what ends up happening is you have singles that are in their fifties and sixties and seventies and totally respect them needing that space as well. But we're in very different places in our lives. And so um, I started a group last February for women who are older singles, late late 20s into early 40s. And then I'm getting ready to start a co-ed group um, for 30s and 40s next month. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing, Sarah. Yeah. I know that. That is so cool. Well, I may have done it kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing it. Like, God's Lord, like, come on, I really get moving, Sarah, this, get moving. But yeah, yeah. I love it. That's how I started Heart of Dating. I was like, really don't want to be the single girl talking about dating, mm-hmm. but okay, God, I will try and do this. <laughs> so I love that you're doing it. Um, so even in your talk, you've admitted that at this point in your life, you started to face some harder questions um, about singleness. So would you be able to share with us uh, and our people a little bit about maybe what are some of those questions you've had to face? Yeah, absolutely. So specifically at uh, HODC Nash, which number one, come to the conferences. They're so much fun. They're not <laughs> weird. I've met so many amazing people at them. Number two, just a lot of good information. And number three, I love the four by sevens and five by sevens. So it was an oh, honor, so an honor to speak. Um, I always laugh and say, Courtney Leo, I heard her in the um, conference in Orlando. And I was yes. like, I want to be like her. She told me at Nashville, she's like, you are like me. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. But what I shared at the conference um, was actually about the fact I am starting to face the prospect of being 39. You know, there is a ticking clock for women um, yeah. that maybe isn't ticking quite as quickly for men. Um, so I had gone to, a my doctor in early December and, um, talked to her about, Hey, I want to start talking about fertility. Um, I'd approached her about it last earlier last year, but she had said, Hey, there's some medical things we need to take care of first. And I was like, great. Mm-hmm. So come December, sat down with her and she looked at me and basically said, Hey, I wouldn't be a good medical provider if I didn't encourage you to consider sperm donation or, um, seek to freeze your eggs. And it just felt like to me, all this fear was suddenly a reality of like somebody was embodying all the fear. Um, and so that's definitely one of, I'd say the biggest things, um, that I'm coming to realize is I have to face the fact, am I going to be able to have children? You know, there is a, you know, a certain age, um, that women reach scientifically where things just start to decline. It's part of aging, Um, And there's nothing, you know, that I can do or any woman can do to reverse aging. It's just part of life. So um, facing, am I going to be able to have kids? Um, You know, am I going to meet someone before that age? And what happens when I meet them? You know, and I, what if I can't have children? 
Um, and obviously I don't know whether I can have children or not, even if I were to get married tomorrow, but, um, and for me, so I'm actually one of nine kids. Um, my my youngest sibling was seven. I was 17 when she was born and I love kids. Like out of all my sisters, I have one other sister who I would say loves kids as much as I do, but I've always wanted to have a family. I've always been the one that said, I want four to six kids, like a bigger family, not nine, but four to six kids. And as I've aged, that number has gone down because <laughs> one, children are such a gift, but, you know, there's an age, you know, that you stop having children. Um, but it's one of those things where having to come face to face with that question is probably the biggest of God, are you really going to ask me to give up my dream of having kids? Um, and that has been something to really wrestle with um, and still wrestle with. <laughs> yeah. What is, what is that? Um, how does that look like for you specifically the wrestling and, you know, like you get that kind of news from your doctor, like how do you respond? Is it just grieving? Is it just mourning? Is it, you know, could you walk me through what that felt like and, and what, it, what you did and how you addressed it with God? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, um, I work full time. So after that appointment, I actually went back to work. And pretty much spent oh. all afternoon, <laughs> all afternoon fighting back tears. Like every time it came up, it just tears welling up in my eyes. And I texted a couple of my friends who are in my, um, my board of advisors. If you go to school of dating, yeah. you'll learn about that. I texted them and I was like, I just, you know, told them, I just heard this from my doctor. I'm really struggling. I'm trying to get through work. Would you just pray for me? And, um, one of them, one of my closest friends, she messaged and was like, do you want to go walking tonight? We can talk. Um, so one, having a community was hugely vital. Um, but I also knew, um, God and I needed to have a conversation and I'm, you know, I grew up in a conservative Presbyterian background, but as I've walked on the journey of knowing the Lord, I've realized God's big enough to handle my emotions and, um, Mm. I've gone through some difficult things um, in my dating life and realized God just wants me to be honest. So I'm the kind of Christian that says, God already knows you're angry at him. So you need to let it out. Like he already knows, but he wants to hear that because you can't process through that anger and allow him to speak into it without first letting him know where you're at. It's one of the gifts of knowing him. It's a relationship with him. And so, yes, I went walking with my friend and I cried with her. And then I went home and I got in the shower. Oh, sounds weird, but I've heard of it before with other believers. The shower is like one of the most vulnerable places to be with the Lord. Um, it's been, you know, um, so I got in the shower and just started crying and just literally told God what I was feeling, where I was at. I asked the question, are you really going to ask me to give up this dream? Because... One of the things that I think doesn't get often talked about is singles as they age have to embrace the fact that certain dreams are just given up because of time. Um, you know, hopes or dreams you had um, do get given up with time. And not saying that people who are married or younger singles don't also give up dreams because that's not true. But, but the reality is time, you never can get back time. And you never can, you never stop aging. And so I've had to give up a lot of dreams that I will just never see come to reality, or at least how I think they should come to reality. Um, 
And so, yeah, it looked like a, probably a good hour and a half in the shower, crying, talking to the Lord. You know, I don't think I yelled. I don't think I yelled, but definitely just being really honest. And I mean, I have yelled at God before uh, in other situations, but, you know, realizing that the Lord wants to know what I'm feeling. He already knows it, but he wants to hear it from me, which is such a gift for me um, to release that. All right, guys, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp, which is incredible, affordable therapy because therapy is sexy. We love it. Um, I am so proud of the work that I did before I met JJ and also the work that we have now done together in our marriage because the work never stops. But I think a common misconception today in the Christian world is, oh, you don't really need therapy. You just need to be healed by Jesus. Yes, we do need Jesus and to be healed by Jesus. And a lot of us need some therapy. Isn't that right, JJ? Yeah. <laughs> How long did we make it in marriage until we waved the white flag and said, we got a joint therapist? therapist. Yeah, we like a few weeks in. Yeah, I think we made it three weeks. So we, I have a therapist, you have a therapist, and we have a joint therapist. Um, and so it's just has, it's helped us so much individually. And of course, then in our relationships, like it has helped us understand ourselves more, understand why we show up the way we show up, help us understand our partner a lot more. I actually think in dating, I always tapped into my therapist the most when I was dating and or in relationships. Like when I was single, I still went to therapy, but it was like, especially in those dating things because it brings up so much, but you shouldn't wait to start the therapy until you are dating. You should start before. Yeah. If if you're sitting there and you're thinking about it and you've always thought about it, I think BetterHelp would be a perfect, just try it out. Mm -hmm. A lot of people wait for the right time, the right moment, the right therapist, just try it out. Yeah, it's right? and it's really easy. It's entirely online. It's convenient, flexible. It can be suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and they do have Christian therapists and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. And so I think that you need to become the one that the one you're looking for is looking for, okay? So go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash HOD today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash HOD to get 10% off your first month. Do it, just do it. You won't regret it. I remember in your talk, you said as well that your mentor, Barbara, said to you, Jesus is the shepherd and he calls you his sheep. And I guess the question I have for you and anyone wrestling with this weight of disappointment, whether it is I'm older, I wanted to be a mom, especially for women. I feel like guys wrestle with that, but it's a little different in terms of maybe time. Um, maybe at 39, the guy isn't thinking, am I, am I able to be a dad or not? It's just a little bit different biologically. Um, but because the question is for, for you and for those who are wrestling with that kind of disappointment, like when you think of Jesus as the shepherd, do you really do, do you really think he is a shepherd? Is he shepherding you, you know, and is he writing a story that's better than you could ever write? And I think in those moments, I can imagine 
it's so hard to even like, it's like, I, but this was a story I thought and believed for so long. So, and wanted for so long. So if that's not part of the story, what, how can your story be greater? What has that like wrestling through Jesus as the shepherd and may have a better story for you or and a great story for you been like in the midst of this kind of disappointment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's so valid. Um, because I think often, at least for me, I think for a lot of women, I think for men, um, when they're willing to get in touch with their feelings, um, so often we can allow the feelings to just overwhelm. Um, and not, not saying feelings aren't valid, because I think feelings are valid, but they're not always true. Um, so one, giving, giving voice to those feelings, and that's something I've actually had gone to therapy to work on, um, because I'm really good at trying to avoid my feelings. <laughs> um, so that's something of just walking through the reality of I've got to voice the feelings and then walk in the truth of what is, what does scripture say? And I'm very much so, and I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that's like, go read your Bible and I'll make it all better because sometimes it does not feel that it's making it all better. Um, but it's going back to the truth of what scripture does say, even when it doesn't feel that way of, okay, what does the Bible say? And um, I shared Psalm 23, uh, the four by seven, because in reading through that Psalm, um, as I was, you know, praying about what to say, and that Psalm came up with, okay, if Jesus is my shepherd, what does that mean? And as you read through that Psalm, you realize like the shepherd is with his sheep all the time, like in the weather, in the storms, he goes to find the sheep that's lost. He's willing to lay down his life for the sheep. Um, he's making sure the sheep have the greenest grass and the freshest water. And just to think of it in those terms is like, okay, wait a minute. Like Jesus is walking through this with me. If, if I truly, truly say, even if I maybe don't believe it, but to say, God help my unbelief, I want to believe you're my shepherd. I just don't see it right now. But then to, to start reading through, okay, what does it mean if he's my shepherd and saying, Hey, you've told me you're walking beside me in this. Like, will you show up? Because right now I just feel so alone. Right now I feel so the truth of what I'm going through, the truth of what you say about yourself just doesn't feel real to me right now. Would you show up? Um, and then the other thing, and I totally forgot to say this because I was like, I am going to give this speech from memory. <laughs> but then Christian, one of the other speakers, kind of touched on it in his speech about prayer. But as yeah. I thought about the fact that if Jesus are a shepherd and he went and died on the cross because he loved me and he loves other people, but he loves Sarah. He saw Sarah throughout, like he saw five-year-old Sarah. He saw 10-year-old Sarah, 17-year-old Sarah, 23-year-old Sarah. He sees 35-year-old Sarah. He sees 39-year-old Sarah. He knows yeah. everything about me. And he said, she's worth dying for. I want her mm -hmm. as my daughter. And when I start thinking about it that way, I'm like, if he saw all the crap of my life and said, I don't care, I still want you, like, I don't want you despite it, I want you anyway, with all of it, and I'm going to come and die for you. If that's who the shepherd is, then my story's got to be pretty amazing. It has to be, because he's writing it, and he thought it was worth dying for. So that's one of the things that I've gone back to and not to say it's like, oh, I've arrived at this place and I feel great. Even yesterday I was wrestling through other things that it's like, okay, do I, 
do I really believe I can depend on Jesus in writing this story? And it's going back to it again and again, because I am forgetful and things start going good. And those are the most, those are the times when I forget to depend on the Lord. So (laughs) (laughs) I think depending on the Lord is like a constant process Mm -hmm. though. And so I just admire you and your journey and where you're at and your vulnerability, because I mean, I'm thinking of so many friends I know now, even in their forties, um, who are, you know, wrestling with some of these same things that you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and just how, but how, how like wired and dialed in they are with the Lord as well mm-hmm. and how that exudes from who they are. And that doesn't mean there's no grief and just toxic positivity all the time and everything is awesome. <laughs> no, but it means there's just like a depth to them that I, I really admire. I really respect. And, um, and, and holding the tension between the two. Yeah. Um, I would love to also ask you <laughs> just about some faux pas and being like where you are in life and single, you know, like, is, are there some things that people say or do <laughs> or assume about you that maybe you're just like, oh my gosh, that is so annoying. <laughs> like, like, Do you have any of those moments? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think this, it doesn't matter what age you are as a single, you probably hear the ones like, oh, you know, it'll happen when you least expect it, or it'll happen when you're most content. And my favorite are the ones that are like, you're just not putting yourself out there enough. Or someone's like, I think you're just too desperate and you're putting yourself out there too much. And I'm like, which oh one goodness. is it? But I'd say, oh I'd say as an older single, um, I have a lot of, and I don't know if I'd call it a faux pas so much as people just not really knowing what to say. And so it's like, well, do you even want to be married? And I'm like, yes, just because I'm older doesn't mean I don't want to be married. Oh um, my gosh. I think another thing I... It's like an assumption. I'm yes. sorry to interrupt you, but it's like in that, I just want to address like in that, I feel like there's this assumption that you must be doing something wrong or not trying hard enough mm-hmm. or yes. like, is there something wrong with you because you're still... Or are you just so picky? Like, <laughs> because, like there's all these assumptions under like, do you even want to be married at this point? Yeah. <laughs> like it's... I'm not necessarily single because... I don't want to be married. <laughs> like that's not the reason. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, and I think the other one I hear a lot now is a lot of, not all, but a lot of married people will say, oh, well, just enjoy your singleness. Marriage is so hard. And to me, that's one of those things where I started to make me sad um, because I'm like, okay, I, I recognize marriage is hard. You know, I have six siblings who are married now seven siblings, six siblings who are married. And I have a lot of friends that are married because I'm older. A lot of my friends have gotten married. Um, but a lot of them will say that. And I'm like, okay, one singleness is not just a cakewalk. <laughs> like I get it. There's, there's green and brown grass on both sides of the fence, whether you're single or married. And I get it. There's, you know, you're rubbing up against somebody in marriage that maybe you don't have that in singleness. But to say, oh, you know, enjoy it. I'm like, okay, would you change what you have? And no, I'm like, I'd say probably 90% of them be, oh, no, no, no. I I love my spouse and I would never want to change it. I'm like, okay, so recognize, like, it's probably not the best way to just tell us enjoy our singleness. And it's something I've been talking through with friends um, of like, how can you better encourage singles in their singleness, especially as they age? Um, Because 
I've got to give grace to the married people when they've been married since, you know, 25 or 21 or 28 or even 30. They, they've been married for, you know, so many years. It's easy to forget what singleness is like. Um, and so it's, how can I love, give them grace when they say things like that, but also help educate them on here's how you can help, help singles, you know? It's so interesting because it's so funny because even what we do, like I'm not that far removed from singleness, even though I am married now. Um, but even when I was single, I was like, yes, so like we should enjoy this time. And I, and I still say that now, but I feel like there, it's like a, it it has to be there. There's always different encouragements for different groups of people, you know, because there's some people who are like, I just hate this season so much. I can't wait. Like singleness sucks. And it's like, well, that's a perspective that I promise you nothing will make you feel better. Um, because I had to get to a place of like actually enjoying it. And I did, I didn't say, I, I wouldn't say I had to get to that place to then be able to get married, but like, I'm glad I got to that place of enjoying it before I did get married because it would have been so sad to look back and realize, oh my gosh, I just hated that whole time in my life. And this time in my life is great, but it's also hard in different ways. And yet I like just spent so many years hating that other season. Like that's a bummer, you know, but I think that there's a lot of well-meaning people that just say things when they're they, when they don't really have a pulse on what a, it's like for singles. They're not walking with singles. They haven't been single in a very long time. So it's so easy to say things like enjoy it or <laughs> like it's so hard. It gets so much worse, right? <laughs> like I don't know. What do you think, JJ? Um, I mean, I just think I like I couldn't help but think of like I'm at lunch. And I have like some, you know, plate of food. And I'm like, and enjoy your little plate of food while you can. Cause when you get to this, it's just going to stink even worse. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's just a negative like outlook on marriage mm-hmm. and your singleness. It's just something yeah. that you're kind of stuck with. Yeah. And the thought and the, I felt like the Holy Spirit was just like, you know, singleness and marriage are, are great. Jesus is just the best mm-hmm. and transcends and gives meaning and purpose to both of those, those, mm-hmm. those stages of life. Yeah but they're both great and they're both gifts and they're both unearned. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing I did to earn an awesome marriage just as much as there's nothing I did to earn singleness. Um, And you're in the same position, you know, you've, you've not earned singleness and you haven't not earned marriage. You know, they're just both wonderful gifts that God has given. Uh, And both can be challenging for different reasons. And, but I think like it's, it's hard. I, I would imagine it's especially hard feeling like, hey, I'm this age. I'm giving up on dreams that, you know, you have that I may never be able to have. And you're just like, oh, but enjoy this time in your life. <laughs> you know? like, okay. Well, my favorite now is people say, enjoy travel. Like you'll never get to travel again. I'm like, I've been traveling for a long time. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm always down to travel, but I'm also like, at some point, I'd really just like to settle down with someone in one place. <laughs> but then again, it's like, okay, that's just not the season I'm in. And that's okay, too. Like, it doesn't mean what I have isn't a gift. And you were talking about that, JJ, and it just made me think of, um, I'm in part of the Singles Academy alumni chat and group me. And one of the guys had shared a Instagram post that was talking about singleness as a gift and how you know, sometimes we're given gifts that don't feel like a gift. And yet it's because God wants to use them in other people's lives. And that just really 
challenge me and encourage me as well of like, okay, God, like my season of singleness, it's a gift. And maybe at times I don't like it. (laughs) And maybe there are times I want to give it up, but you are going to use it for others as well. So if I change that and say, which, I mean, isn't that what marriage ultimately is, is laying down your life for your spouse. It's not about, it's not about me. It's about the other person. And so as I practice, am I willing to lay down my life for the other singles in my life, you know, for the people in my life who are married, who need help because they just don't have the time to do X, Y, and Z, you know, as I do that, I am preparing for marriage. And even if I never get married, it's still going to be used for good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There, I, uh, John Mark Comer, I was listening to a great podcast by him the other day and he was talking about, there's something called stage theory, which, you know, is like, if you had to kind of summarize the life of religion or Christianity into different stages, what, what would it look like? And, you know, stage one is salvation. Like you start believing and it becomes real for you. Stage two is kind of like uh, discipleship more in the sense of like, you know, you start reading your Bible, learning how to pray and worshiping. And stage three is kind of like activism. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you kind of start leading small groups, you're activating the church, you're kind of, you know, you're an activist, right? For whatever cause or religion you might participate in. And then he says, that's where about 80% of people stay and never grow past. Like we can talk about stage four and five and six, but he goes, something typically happens and it's called the wall where someone encounters an experience that they don't enjoy that they don't desire, they don't like, and it frequently causes them to kind of maybe find a new cause instead of struggling and persevering and wrestling through it in that limbo, which has no timeline, right? It's a, it's a limbo of, I have no idea how long this might last. And he says, what's so funny is hmm. you actually find people at that point from stage three, find a new cause or religion and say, oh my gosh, this was it all the time. And he goes, what I saw in Portland was, you know, deconstruction was a very powerful agnosticism, uh, you know, LGBTQ rights. You see people and then they get to this place, right? Where it's actually, they go back to stage one. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I didn't know about this my whole life. This is finally the truth that I've been looking for as they learn more and mm. more, they become activists. And I just feel like I hear your story. I'm like, man, I think as a believer for how long now, Sarah? Uh, 33 years, 34 (laughs) years. Uh, You know, uh, you've had plenty of time, right? To walk through that stage one, stage two, stage three. And you've, and this is a wall. Mm. Like this has been a wrestle for years Mm. and years and years. And there's so much temptation, I'm sure to just say, I can't do this anymore. Mm. You know, like I just, God, you might have a guy for me, but I can't wait any longer. I, I want to have kids way more than I want to wait and see what your story and what your purpose is for me. I'm sorry. Mm. And, and just like I see so many people left and right, I feel like just kind of just dropping, not like flies, but just like succumbing to the pain of the wall and never quite learning what it looks like to wrestle through it. I just want to commend you and say, I like what you've been through and what you describe and the pain and the wrestling. I'm not sure if there's an experience in my life that I can say equates to the wall 
and the wrestling that you've gone through. And I respect and admire so like your gift has been even inspiring for me as a 29 year old married man with a baby on the way. Mm. Um, so I just want to say like your gift is not maybe just for, you have no idea who it's mm. for. Right. And there's, there's no, there's no name tag on it. Uh, that's specifically for one age. I'm sure there's going to be older single women listening to, I'm sure there's going to be men listening to this. I hope there's people everywhere in their life who hear your story and are inspired and encouraged. And I just want to say thank you so much. I, I really do respect and admire you so much. Oh, thank you, JJ. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I mean, I don't want to sound cliche, but it's Jesus in me. <laughs> That's the reality of it's Jesus in me and what he's done in my life. And yeah, when I look back, I'm like, I could have been married. Um, and I think mm. anybody who's in their, you know, mid to late thirties, forties, fifties, you can look back and be like, I could have been married. And one of the things I look back on is, but what is the story that has been written as a result of remaining single? And I mean, yeah. Kate inspired me when she was sharing going into the wedding about, I, you know, I actually had to grieve my singleness. And I was like, I want to grieve my singleness too. Like, I don't want to waste any season of life. And I think it, you know, there are probably 20 year olds who are more mature than I was in my twenties. <laughs> um, but as I've been in my thirties, I've realized, you know, I can sit here and cry and crying's valid. And I cry a lot. And I think crying is good and healthy, <laughs> still learning to embrace how much I cry. But it's one of those things where I've realized I don't want to regret any season I'm in. And I've encouraged the, the women I see I hang out with women more than men, um, naturally just, you know, women gravitate towards each other. But a lot of the women I know who get engaged and they're like, I just can't wait to get married. And I'm like, enjoy, you will never be engaged again. Like, enjoy it. Enjoy the season. Like as someone who's older, I'm going to tell you, like, you will never get it back. And then when you get married and they're like, I can't wait to have kids. I'm like, enjoy it. Like it's going to children change everything in a good way but they will change everything. Enjoy it. Like, because that's one of the things I've had to learn is, am I going to enjoy? And I look at it in kind of years. Am I going to enjoy being 38? Am I going to enjoy being 39? You know, and some years have been harder than others. I will not lie, but I don't want to get to even dating somebody, you know, and getting into a committed relationship. I don't want to look back and be like, man, I wish I'd done more when I was single. Like I missed out you know, and not in a selfish way, but just in a, I could have utilized my single years more fruitfully than I did. What's up fam? We're here to tell you about another sponsor that we love. You've heard us talk about them before. Do you want to tell them about Armra? Yeah, I actually, I love Armra. Yes, I'm pregnant and I do not want to get sick, but even more so like it's flu and cold season. It's the winter and you just want your immune system to be built up. And I love Armour Colostrum because my immune system has actually been super strong the last few months. And I am loving that because I'm around and I end up seeing a lot of sick people and I'm like, get away from me. <laughs> Let me take my armor. <laughs> but um, armor colostrum, so here's what it is. Colostrum is the first nutrition that you receive in life 
as a baby, and it's an exclusive source of all the essential nutrients that you need in order to thrive. Yeah, there's a reason why you've been seeing it pop up everywhere. I, I literally like I have see, seen it everywhere. I see colostrum ads everywhere, all over my Instagram, Yeah, everywhere I go, but there's a reason why. Yeah. It does a lot of things. It strengthens the four layers of your gut where 80% of your immune cells are housed. Hello. Is that mind blowing? It's crazy. I mean, obviously it, it makes so much sense. Like also like gut health, gut health, you equals know, equals mind health. Yeah, which equals body health and Amen. everything. Amen. <laughs> it's also a rich and exclusive source of immunoglobulins, which I can barely say, but I have heard that word before, which are basically antibodies that optimize your immune defense during the cold and flu season. Like we all need that. So we need to up our immune system, our antibodies. And I love that it does that in a very natural way. Yeah, no, I, listen, they sent it for you. I've been stealing it. There's a reason why we've been running out extra fast. So we asked them and we got a special offer for you guys. Mm -hmm. You get 15% off your first order. That's tryarmora.com slash H-O-D-T-R-Y-A-R-M, arm, and then ra, R-A.com. Tryarmora.com slash H-O-D. Or you can enter the code H-O-D on the website to get 15% off your first order. Yeah, try it out. I want to also touch on something that what in you're saying with the wall, I feel like I see a lot of people that get to that wall, especially in, in singleness where they're like, okay, fine, then I'll just, I'm going to drop my standards. I'm going to change it up. I'm going to, and this is where I hear a lot of people say, and I don't know if you've ever thought or felt this way, Sarah, or just heard it, but it's, there's, it's where you get, you know, why are the non-Christian guys kinder to me and more, um, you know, consistent than the Christian guys. And, you know, maybe I should just date them. And I've had so many friends who are like, yeah, I'm going to go out with this non-Christian guy. And you know why? Because he's treating me better. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh man, but like now you're, you're missing the whole view and point of marriage. Like the actual point of marriage, if you're going to get married is to, to combine for the kingdom and to, to make disciples together. And how are you going to do that with a non-Christian? But it's, it's either a mix of I'm going to drop my standards or it's a looking back on like, how did I get here? I, I should have married this guy when I had the chance. I messed things up so badly or just like regret for um, messing things up with people. And I don't know. Have you experienced any of this? Have you encouraged anyone in this? Like, yeah, <laughs> let me just throw that to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been there. As far as just being like, maybe, I mean, even in the last six weeks, or however many weeks we are in 2024, I thought maybe I should just like, just adjust something, you know? And it's one of those things where I, again, it's going back to, okay, what, one, what is the purpose of marriage? And two, like, we're supposed to be equally yoked. And if I can, if, if Jesus is the most important relationship in my life, my relationship with God is number one what is it going to be like being with someone who is, doesn't have that? Like I won't, I'll come home and maybe it'll work for a while, but ultimately like that, you know, that won't work. And I also, my first boyfriend, I can't say he wasn't a believer, but he definitely wasn't walking with the Lord. And I watched over the two years I dated him. I can look back now and see how he pulled me away 
from walking closer to God. And so that experience for sure, like has solidified, like there ain't no way I want, no matter how good he treats a man treats me, like those are temporary things in the long run. But if he's going to pull me away from Jesus, like that's eternal, like an eternal relationship. And I can, I can figure out how to pay to get my own nails done or buy flowers for myself. Um, and not saying I don't love a guy <laughs> buying flowers or treating me well, like not saying that at all. I love it. But I, in the long term, I can get a second job and go get those things for myself. You know, yeah. um, I don't need a, a guy who's going to pull me away from the Lord for that. And then as far as lowering my standards, School of Dating really helped with this as far as write down what are those non-negotiables? You know, what are those, you know, three to five things that are like, these are a, these are a absolute must have, you know, in the guy I'm dating and having those written down. And I will go back to that when I'm dating someone of like, not, not so much in a, like, does he line up with this, but do I see these characteristics in him? Um, they're not like, they're standards I hold, um, for the man I'm dating. And then I have my board of advisors who, I mean, I'll talk to them and sometimes their standards are, they're like, uh, uh-uh, no, you know, this guy, you're giving him way too many chances. You need to communicate better. Um, <laughs> and so I, and again, it's, it's a journey of saying, okay, like I can lower my standards. I can date the non-Christian and I'm, it'll, it'll come up again for me. I know it will because the weight is hard, but it's one, having that solid relationship with the Lord and two, having that community of people around you to say, Hey, 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 like this guy, mm -mm, he's not the best guy for you. You know, we can see this because they'll see things. I don't because I'm in love. I should say I'm in like, <laughs> I'm in like, <laughs> I'm in major like, actually, that's so funny. Cause when we were, when we were dating, we didn't say I love you till engagement. And so that was a choice we both made, not saying everyone needs to do that, but the Holy Spirit put that on our heart mm-hmm. and specifically also on JJ's heart. But like we would say in dating, like, I really, really, really like you. I'm in like with you. <laughs> like, like, didn't we say stuff like that? Yeah, it was, was like so funny. I felt so cheesy, like little kid. Like, I, know, I didn't feel like a middle schooler. <laughs> I still do. Like a little middle school boy. No, I'm kidding. But I'll say community, community, community. I did my first relationship and there was a lot. Therapy was immensely helpful in figuring out a lot, but. I, I mean, to this day, there's family members who are like, I didn't know that. I mean, family members who I was close with at the time. Um, and they're like, I didn't know that about him. And I'm like, cause I didn't tell you <laughs> like, and that is one of the I biggest submarined. things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, through my own unhealth and through, you know, growing up in purity culture, which is a whole nother, could be an entire podcast in and of itself. Yep. Yep. But yep. you know, it's one of those things where community, God's given us community for a reason. and Find those people that you can be really honest with because they're going to help you keep your standards high. Yeah, this is so good. Sarah, I'm just so grateful you're willing to come on and share your story with us and just like your heart. I mean, I feel like I was like teary eyed at different points. I don't know if it's my hormones or just that mixed with you and your honesty and just um, the tenderness of your heart on display. It's just so beautiful. But I just want to thank you so much because I feel like you telling your story and you being here and being a part of Heart of Dating for so long, like you do represent so many people in this community that like 
feel unseen or feel like, hey, where's anything that can relate to me and what I'm going through? Because we love our younger singles and you're probably listening to this and we do have more Gen Z and we're not discouraging our Gen Z from listening by any means. But I feel like there's just a a heaviness to the struggle as you get older um, and as you wrestle through this, that sometimes the younger generation generation just, they don't have the time and experience of experiencing that quite yet, you know? And so, um, and our majority, a lot of our audience is 30 plus, to be honest. And so just thank you so much for being willing to share with us. Oh, you're so <laughs> welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my heart is for people to be seen and known and loved and Um, it's one of those things where it's just, I want people to know you're not alone. I mean, even the 20 something year olds, I have a 20 something year old in my, my late twenties to early forties group. She got in, I'm like, you're grandfathered in, but I always tell her you're such a gift to me. Like you're an unexpected gift to this group. Um, but yeah, I think so often when you're an older single, you know, no matter if you're thirties, forties, fifties, it can sometimes feel like, am I the last one standing? And the reality is there's a lot of us. And so mm. for men and women, you're not alone in this, you know? Amen. Well, and I love the fact that, you know, that she needs you, that 20 year old needs you and you need her. Yes. And you know, when we break everyone out by 22 to 26 and 26 to 32, we're missing out a lot of, on a lot of goodness, you know, mm-hmm. young marrieds need to be with old marrieds, old marrieds need to be with young singles, like that, that is how the body works in unison and in the community. So I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for stepping up and, uh, and you really do inspire me. So thank you so much again, Sarah, for coming on the heart of dating podcast. <laughs> we loved having you. Oh, love it. <laughs> love you guys. And just love what you're doing. Like, that's why I keep like, even um, I'm like, okay, I got to keep supporting them. Even when I get married, like, <laughs> Cause it's just, You're so you know, sweet. it's, it's, Aww. it's rare to have a community that's mm. so committed, you know, a couple now you're married and you could easily say sayonara, peace y'all we're married. But yeah. You it's just hard of marriage now, guys. <laughs> we're just marriage experts. We're just going to talk about marriage now. So I just appreciate no. all that you all, you two are doing and Aww. all your team is doing as well. Oh, so awesome. thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. We love you, girl. Love you guys. <laughs> The Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate and JJ Tomlin. Shout out to our epic audio and video editor, Scott Caro. We have an amazing Heart of Dating team who helps bring the show to you each week. I want to shout out Kelsey Napier, our Heart of Dating digital marketing coordinator, and Elena Gibson, our brand and community manager. We couldn't do it without them. Now, if you guys have never ranked us or reviewed us on iTunes or Spotify, would you consider doing that? It would mean so much because our podcast can get more discovered and more people can learn how to better date as Christians. Don't we all want that? We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesdays. So we will see you next week. (laughs) 